time for the man who taught Vince Carter how to slam. You can't make this tough up. <laughs> the man who's three inspired the Curry family. I don't exaggerate, I congratulate. With another masterpiece. It's time for you know who my man Seiku. Goes airborne. It's Seiku Smith's Hang Time Podcast. Welcome into another edition of the Hangtime Podcast. Your host, Sekou Smith, here with uh, Hangtime Podcast legend, Yo. Lang Whitaker, in his neck of the woods. We're, we're rocking Welcome. from Memphis. Uh, this is the first time we've done a podcast since we stopped doing podcasts together, isn't it? No, I think... Or did we have you on one time? I called in one time right. a couple years ago. That, that sound yeah. was a little choppy and crunchy, though. Yeah, that we're in person. Yeah, exactly. We're in the flesh. Always good to see my man here. Um, timely, as well. Uh, we're we're here in Memphis working on a little piece for uh, NBA.com about John Morant. Just so happens the Grizzlies are the hottest dang team in the world right now. What I know you've been here. It's your third yep. third year here um, running Grizz Gaming, mm-hmm. which I know nothing about video games, so we'll leave yeah, that alone. Yeah. You're a hoops head like I am, long time. How in the world did the Grizzlies do what they're doing now? When did where did this come from? First of all, six wins in a row. Uh, seven of the last eight at home, thirteen of the last nineteen overall since Ja got hurt. Remember he got he took a spill a couple of weeks ago, got hurt, came back. Since then we've won thirteen out of nineteen and number one offense in the NBA over that span. Um, it's ridiculous. Like it, it, it's incredible. <laughs> like the, you know, the crazy thing is like a year ago at this time. This is game forty one. We were nineteen and twenty two at this time a year ago, and we're nineteen and twenty two this time <laughs> right. this season. But heading in different directions. Last year at this time, Mike Conley was still on the team. Marcus O was still on the team. Um, and people were kind of wondering, which way is this thing going to go? And since then, in the last year, those guys are gone. A lot of new young guys are here. Um, new coaches here. New front offices here. And um, things are going really well right now. Was the reboot a, th- a thing where you feel like it, it was obviously time to, you know, to switch from the yeah. grit and grind era and all that. But the reboot becomes a, a kind of this fresh slate for everybody. And John maybe was just the perfect player to kind of slide into that role. I mean, he's he's a Southern dude. We talked about this earlier at yeah. breakfast. He's a Southern guy in a distinctly Southern market yeah. for you know for a very specific kind of fan in the NBA. I mean, I remember when he got drafted, and I thought. Man, that's like the perfect yeah. setup. Him going to the Grizzlies. I mean, first of all, we got lucky in the lottery. Yeah, you know, it, I remember I was watching that night at home, and then they take that commercial break when they get to the final three, okay. and I saw that we were in the final three, and I was like, nobody moved, nobody. <laughs> I didn't let anybody get off the couch. I was like, nobody can move. Until, back to, yeah, I was like, you put say, the seat I told the dog, sit. You don't move. <laughs> I was like, we got to see what happens here, and then we got the two pick, and you know, at the time, everybody was kind of focused on the one on Zion. And everybody's like, oh, whoever gets the one pick, it's going to be a thing. And, and then we got two, and you're like, okay. And then, like, pretty quickly, you're like, all right, Josh's pretty awesome, too. I don't watch a lot of college basketball, so I didn't watch a lot of him last year. And then they only played one game in the tournament. Um, he balled out, of course. Yeah. yeah. Who was that against? Double. I forget. I think it was Michigan? I think, yeah. No, we would we probably put him out if he played against us. I thought it was. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, he uh, – but I do know he was the first player in, in the – history of college basketball to average 20 and 10 yeah yeah that's crazy um so i i knew we were getting a really good player i didn't know how good he was um you know his vision is the first thing that jumps out at you like he can score and he has the highlight plays but 
he consistently makes the right pass yep. in the half court offense on the fast break, no matter what it is. And I was telling you earlier, like I love watching him. Like he clear, clearly cares about assists as much as he does anything else. Right. Uh, when he passes to a guy and they get fouled and they don't get the bucket, you can see he's upset he didn't get the assist. <laughs> he he wants to get assists and he loves setting people up and sharing the ball. Um, but to a personality standpoint, yeah, he you know Jaws country like his family's, you know he he has these flip flops in front of his locker, and it said seven oh six on him, um, like is the area code. And one day I was like, I was like, why is it seven? Like that's Athens. Like I I went to University yeah. of Georgia. Like that's the Athens area code. And he was like, people forget I was born in Augusta, like born right across the state line. Right. So like he's born in Georgia, lived in South Carolina, went to college in Kentucky. Now he's in Tennessee. Yeah. Like he's had a very southern journey so far, and it's such a good fit for this city. And you know, you mentioned like transitioning out of the grit and grind era. Like I think that's always a part of that's like a, a city yeah. ethos, really. Yeah. Like the city here is a grit and grind city, and the people here. Um, and now like. For so long, this was a team that played awesome defense and couldn't score, yeah. and now we can score, and it's becoming kind of fun to watch. It's interesting. You you know you spent nearly two decades in New York, yeah. Transitioning down here, you think about what that's like for for players for Ja. You know, a guy who's you know so young now that this is just the start of his journey. But for you, how different was this watching the league? covering the league in that New York market and then yeah. coming down here in Memphis and being here and refocusing how you evaluate the league. I had been here a couple times in the playoffs for NBA.com covering series. I was here when um, the Grizzlies played the Spurs and that Clipper series um, when they got into it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd been here a few times and, and sort of knew the downtown area. We got break, we're getting breaking, breaking news right now. The Atlanta Hawks. Have traded guard Allen Crabb to Minnesota for point guard Jeff Teague and Travion Graham. Jeff Teague back Teague. to the Hawks. He's back. He's going to back up Travion. That's that's life coming full circle. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. No, no, I don't like breaking news. Um, and Jeff's brother is here on the hustle. Marcus plays here. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, but anyway, yeah, coming from New York to here, I when I I called one of my friends when I got the job, and he was like, "Oh, you'll love Memphis. Memphis has soul," and that was a the perfect way to describe what this city is like. Um, I always tell people haven't been here now for a few years, like unlike a lot of other cities, like Memphis doesn't need a chamber of commerce to like (laughs) say what this city is about. Right. Like, you know, you look, you can go stand on top of the Peabody and you're like, all right, that's where rock and roll started. That's where blues (laughs) came to America. That's where barbecue got invented. That's where the civil rights movement changed forever. Like the city has such a broad and diverse history and, and it's pretty easy to find that. I, I love being here and, um, you know, this organization has been great to me and I, I it's fun to be here right now with yeah. Jaws here, like and Jaron's here and we have all these young guys and they're all kind of just kind of finding their way. Taylor um Jenkins is, you know, forty games into his career as a coach. Um, but it, it's been exciting to watch. People always want to put a ceiling or yeah. you know, or guess what the ceiling is for a group. I like that the Grizzlies are at this stage now where you have no idea how good they can be, which yeah. is you don't know what they add in the next couple of years. They do have a guy who's kind of out in the wilderness right now, Andre Godala, who could become a factor at the trade deadline. Maybe not. We just yeah. don't know what. What's the latest you've heard or, you know, even gotten a feel for just what his status is as of this stage of the season? I, I haven't heard anything. My guess would be, like, 
you know, if he hadn't played by this point for the Grizzlies, I don't, I don't know if he will. Yeah. Um, I know that they've, I hear the same thing you do, like Lakers, the Clippers, all those teams right. are interested, but I don't know. I mean, it, the interesting thing here has been the guy who's sort of played that small forward role this year has been awesome. Dylan Brooks. Right. Um, as Kendrick Perkins called him that light skinned cat. <laughs> The other day, I shout Perk. out to Kendrick Park. Um, Dylan's been awesome. Um, and he's, uh, I think we're something like 15 and 0 when he scores 20 points in a game. Um, when he brings the offense on top of the defense, he's a great defender, but when he brings the offense on top of that, you know, we're putting up 120 plus every night for the last three, four weeks. Yeah. Um, and that all starts with John, Jaron. You know, Jaron, we haven't even talked about Jaron. I know, nobody, uh, uh, you know. It's really interesting to me the way they use him this year. Like they're using him like Ray Allen. Like he's coming off picks on the right. on the wing. He's six eleven, seven feet tall, coming around picks, catching and shooting. Like he's the best three point shooter on the team. I remember his first game. Didn't he? Yeah, he went bananas and like knocked down a bunch of threes. Yeah. But we're in that era now. Like yeah. it's funny you you've been covering this league and watching basketball as long as I have. I would have slapped somebody if they told me twenty five years ago. Yeah. That the game would look like it looks now. Like because that was such a specific yeah. physical grinded out era that we were in, you know, in the late eighties, early nineties, to now being this three point happy, yeah. you know, wide open, big men shooting threes, running the floor. I I couldn't have envisioned it being like it is now. Does did you see this coming no. any better than I did, man? No. No. I mean, even guys like on, on our team, um, Jonas Valanciunas right. is a three-point shooter now. Like, every center in the league has to be able to shoot threes. Um, and there's games every once in a while. It's funny with Jonas even. Like, the other night against um, – I forgot who we were playing. He finished with 31 and 19. Yeah. The Warriors. Against the Warriors. Like, there's certain games where – I said, like, people come to Memphis for the ribs, and Jonas was serving up barbecue chicken that <laughs> night. Like, there's games where he's able to go in the paint and just do what he does. But that doesn't happen every night. And we see guys now like, you know, Dwight Howard, like guys who what? are like yeah. typical, prototypical big men who are like back-to-the-basket players. Like, you got to be able to shoot from the perimeter to create all that space on the floor. But if you can do that, if guys like Jonas can do that or Jaron, um, it gives Ja room. Right. And then once Jock can get in those angles and create and set everyone else up, it's it's hard to stop. Yeah, it's a different it's a different beast for sure. I, I realize now we did podcasts for so long. Yeah, I used to, we used to argue about every little thing and nothing, and then everything all the time. And we had Fox. Yeah. you know, shout out to Rick shout Fox. Out Rick Fox. Um, he's running around on. It, there's no telling. Yeah, yeah, there's no yeah. telling what he's up to these days. The Renaissance man. Um, but I, I was. I was trying to tabulate one day how many fruitless conversations I've had in the in the two decades almost now that I've been covering this league about what you think's gonna happen and what ends up happening. And I'm I'm digging in on a piece about Derrick Rose mm-hmm. heading into you know All Star Chicago this year. If somebody had told you that Melo would still be yeah. running around the league productive. That LeBron at 35 would be in in yeah. contention for an MVP. Uh, that Dirk, D Wade, and these guys just finished playing. Like, did you see the, these players from that era stretching their careers out as long as they did? I thought D Wade, by virtue of the physicality that he played with and how many times he hit the floor early in his career, yeah. wouldn't last as long as he did. I mean, I'm stunned that some Vince Carter is still playing. That's in the NBA. incredible like, to me. What the, 
I remember talking about it with Billy Hunter a long time ago when he was the head of the Player Association. And he talked about how he was saying, like, you know, these guys who come straight from high school are getting on the clock early. So they're 18 years old when they have they start their rookie contract. By the time that's up, they're 22, 23. And then they're getting two max contracts, you know. And now guys, with the way their load management, um, with the way the medicine works, taking care of bodies, like guys are able to play longer and longer. The Spurs were here the other night, and Rudy Gay was out there warming up. And I was like, man, he's been around a while. You don't really think about it. So I yeah. looked it up, and he's in his 14th season. He's 33 years old. And I was like, he's 33. Like, he could probably play. He dunked on somebody the other night. Like, he could probably play four or five more years if he wants to. You know, like, I think we're going to see a lot more guys who are having these 15, 16, 17-year careers. Also, like, there's less of that wear and tear. Like, all those dudes who played center when we were coming up, yeah. like James Donaldson, Tree Rollins, those yeah. big guys who couldn't last for a long time. There's less of that now. Um, and I think with the premium being put on medicine and um, – exercise and guys being in shape and all that, like, I think we're going to see a lot longer careers. We haven't had a chance to argue about this, and I, I, I keep hearing people complain about the way James Harden plays. Like, oh, he's, you know, there's no fun if he's just – I don't mind it. I like – I don't mind the way the game's changed. It's not yeah. my favorite thing to watch. I kind of like that it's different now. I don't yeah. know if I – I don't know if it would be as much fun if it was the same game that we saw 15 years ago. I don't know if it's as much fun if you watch Harden every night. You know what I mean? Harden, Harden's also like sort of the exception to the, yeah. like, the the way the game is played is one thing. The way James Harden plays it is another thing. He, right. They were here Tuesday night. I watched right. him take 42 shots, I think it was, or 35 shots. He finished with 48 points or something. Like, right. I mean, it's unbelievable. On offense, he comes down, dribbles, and just tells guys to get out get of the way, way. Yeah, so can... and goes one-on-one. And, and look, it's almost like he's kind of developed a way to play within the rules. He found some loopholes, like, you know, I can draw fouls here. I can get free throws, which are free points. They're free. Um, I can shoot threes. Like, he found a way to maximize what he can do. Um, But the way he plays, I feel like that's even – that's kind of the extreme version of the way the game is played today. You know, like, he's – uh, he's he's averaging 38 points a game. Like, no one talks about this. That I do every week on the MVP. Like, and people are mad. How can he not be the MVP? 45% from the field, averaging 38 points a game. And he's – yeah, he – like if any other player did that, you know, say five years ago, if you had said Steph Curry's averaging thirty eight oh, a game and shooting forty five percent, everybody's like, oh, give it'd him be this. Steph yeah. watch every night, no question. But somehow Harden's doing this, and we're all just kind of like, eh, whatever. They made us numb, though. I, I yeah. told somebody the first. I remember the first year when Russell Westbrook averaged triple double on MVP the year. You know, same year KD went to the Warriors, and then he came back this next year. And I was like, they're they're desensitizing us to how great they are. Like yeah. we're not going to appreciate this era of the NBA. Until we get some distance from it. Because yeah. everybody, you know, Steph shooting from the distance he started shooting from inspired a lot of other guys. You see yeah. Trey Young and some younger players now. Yeah. It's not an, it's not this strikingly crazy thing anymore. Now it's. To pull up from 35. Yeah, people yeah. are doing it on the regular, which is, I don't know if that's good for the game or bad for it, but it's definitely different. It is. Um, we don't see it that often here. Like, I mean, even Ja, like, you know, Ja will take threes but he doesn't pull up from 38 right like those guys do um it is a totally different game I and mean, we're, we're treading on rick fox get off my lawn territory <laughs> like i was i was thinking about that the other day how you know all you got to do is mention the way the game used yes. to be played and all those all those old dudes get all upset about it um start putting out to get off my lawn science and like they're like all right this is you know they can't play the way it is today um but harden and those guys to me are an example of like 
this is how it is now. And you, Things change. You, it, you know, it, it actually reminds me of college football. Like, they just had the championship game this week. And Which LSU game, and Clemson yeah. played each other. And I was thinking about how, like, in the SEC, it used to be you had a quarterback, a fullback, a tailback, and you ran, like, you know, sweep left or right. Right. How many times did LSU motion the running back completely out of the backfield? It would be, like, third and two, and it's the quarterback by himself back there. And then he becomes a running back. And you can't block him because you got to cover everybody else. Like, and if you don't play that way now in college football, you don't have a chance. You have to have a running quarterback and somebody who can be that extra runner. The NBA is the same way. Like, if you don't play the way this game is played now, you know Taylor Jenkins has come in here and his motto all year has been "Let it fly." Yeah. Like, get up and down, let it fly, let it fly, and um, doesn't matter who it is. Like, if the shot's there, you take it. And um, you know, at the beginning of the year, it was like a transition, but now all of a sudden. Dudes are letting it fly, and we're scoring 120 a game. And yeah. It's tough to stop. It's called, I guess it's called evolution. Yeah. Um, 2020 started off on a sour note for a lot of people in the NBA. I hadn't really talked about it, but David Stern, mm-hmm. you know, longtime commissioner and the commissioner emeritus when he passed on New Year's Day, you wrote a, a very interesting thing about Stern and kind of your relationship yeah. with him and interviewing him for the first time when you were slam. And you mentioned about going to the – Sunday brunch. Yeah. And I remember we went to one. I'm yeah. trying to remember where it was. Was it Vegas? Vegas was or the somewhere. first one I got invited to. Yeah, we went yeah. to it. I remember we went to it one time. There's maybe like seven or eight people yeah. other than us in the thing. And I, I remember him shooting us looks like, what are you two morons doing here? Yeah. That, I, I, I probably still smelled from the night before, to be honest. <laughs> like, I, it was Vegas. <laughs> it was Sunday morning at like 8 a.m. They're like, oh, you're going to have breakfast with David Stern. Right. I'm like, okay. I guess I got to go. Like, I can't call in sick to this. (laughs) I don't know if people appreciate, and and his memorial service is coming up um, next week. I don't know if people appreciate the era of the NBA that he, you know, lorded over. It was, I can't think of another business, Mm -hmm. at least not another sports business, that changed its DNA as dramatically as the league did in the 30 years he was commissioner. Uh, people are talking about all the things they remember about Stern and all the reasons why he was so good at what he did. And I read a lot of things about how he was a much nicer, warmer person than you thought from yeah. all the, which I agree with. I mean, yeah. the times I ever interacted with him, he was great. Um, what do you think is going to be the lasting legacy? You know, you think about commissioners and other sports and they have yeah. stuff named after them, all that. What's Stern's legacy 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when people look back on his time? It, you know, they have now the championship trophy is the Larry O'Brien trophy. The MVP is the – is that the Maurice Podoloff? Oh, Podoloff yeah. trophy, yeah. They got to name something for him. I yeah. mean, he, he – Mike Wallace and I talked about this on Grand City Media last week about what what is, like, his lasting legacy going to be. And Mike brought up the way he handled the Magic Johnson HIV yeah. announcement and then, you know, the way he advocated for Magic to be part of the All-Star game after that and the Dream Team after that and took a very proactive stance on all that stuff, you know, and history shows he was on the right side of that, that whole thing. Um, yeah, I, I was, you know, I was in, I was actually in India last week mm-hmm. um, when the announcement, I woke up and saw then that David Cern had passed and um, we went to a street market just to check out Bangalore and we we're walking around and I walked past this kid wearing a slam Allen Iverson t-shirt. I was like, are you kidding me? And I stopped the kid, and I was like, can I take your photo? And he goes, yeah. And my wife's like, he worked there. He, he did help make that magazine. 
And I, but it made me re, like think about Stern. Like yeah. you know, this was two hours after seeing the news, and I'm like, man, without David Stern, this doesn't happen. Yeah. Like this, you know, he helped push the league to lift a lot of barriers and go around the world. And the phrase I used was he kind of flattened the world. He recognized the technology made it available. And uh, unlike any other sports league in the world, managed to make this thing go worldwide. And you see kids wearing Allen Iverson t-shirts literally halfway around the world from Memphis now. And it's pretty amazing. And um, he was always awesome to me and to you, I know. And, yeah. um, you know, we'll miss him. Yeah. It's it's strange too. Cause like, it's, it's almost like, having nostalgic thoughts about the mean principal. So many people thought he was the big bad wolf, and I was like, yeah. I never felt like that. Yeah. I never felt he was nearly – and I think Adam Silver's done a tremendous yeah. job. Like, obviously, Adam was groomed for the position, took yeah. over, and has taken the league but to also, the next level. David never called us into his office to find us or anything. Like, <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> I think some people might have a different view of him. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know what the chances are of a hang time reunion road trip. But I think we need to we need to reach out to the powers of BC if we can get Foxy, yeah. me and you back in a bus or at least a hybrid, a Tesla, something. I for, talked to, I for talked a mini to Rick, road trip. I talked to Rick the other day. He's doing well. He's actually kind of got some free time. He was like, "Are you in New York? You want to hang out?" Yeah. I was like, "I'm not," but <laughs> I will be this summer probably with Grace Gaming. So I was like, "Maybe we can catch up." But yeah, he's doing good. We need to. Uh, Get him off the acting stuff and doing more of this stuff. You're not impressed with his his uh, recurring role on Greenleaf and <laughs> some of his other endeavors. I, listen, I've been trying to watch Foxy and and give him the benefit of the doubt yeah. on this acting. You remember how hilarious he was carrying his like books around yeah. on one road trip, and they, we were his like, "What are those?" Books, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, these are my book. You yeah. know, my method my acting. method." I'm still. I was yeah. like, "Bro, we've seen some of your work." Yeah, yeah. Like, he's he still leads. Uh, I was going to say leads the league, but it's not that. But he still leads uh, the acting league, I guess, in movies that come out on not Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has movies that come out on Tuesday like Rick does. I remember you giving him the business about that, too. It's like, why do your movies come out on Fridays? And he gave us some lame answer for why. He's like, oh, it's yeah. the way entertainment works. Yeah, yeah it's like, mm, for everybody, yeah. except for you. Um, yeah. Shout out again to Rick Fox. Our, love you, Rick. You know, love that dude. Loved the, the fun we had. Um, this is my first trip to Memphis since you've been here. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm hoping the Grizzlies— might be coming back more. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. hoping the Grizzlies give us an excuse to come back here during the playoffs, man, because, you know, I, I think there's nothing better, and I've covered a horrible team, your favorite team. Like, there's nothing better than seeing a team go from the bottom yeah. to getting back in the mix. You know, I didn't, I had no idea that 13-69 and 69 Hawks team would morph into the a group that went to the playoffs for yeah. a decade straight. Again, this is the best reality show going pro sports you never know what's going to happen. you never know how it, how it changes so maybe they get they get a chance to get these grizzlies in the playoffs maybe that's the taste they need to you know to start a run like that yeah let's get past all star <laughs> it's we're, we're literally at the halfway point of the season so i they've been really good taylor's been really good about being pragmatic about it and just game by game day by day the same way Bootenholzer was in atlanta yeah. you know it's just yeah. every day we get better and I feel like the guys now have seen, like, if we just commit to this scene, like, we're going to keep getting better, and it's starting to show results, and, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. Y'all know his voice. We all we all love the the wild times we had on the Hang Time Podcast. Lang Whitaker of Grizz Gaming now, but still the homie. Appreciate uh, it. Always good to see you, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Always. Thanks. Appreciate it. As always, we got to shout out our guest this week, my main man, Lang Whitaker, joining us on the Hang Time Podcast, which we did our old Hangtime podcast more often. 
group's not together anymore, but certainly love hearing his voice here on the Hangtime Podcast. We'll see you again right here next week on the Hangtime Podcast. Thanks for listening to Seku Smith's Hangtime Podcast. Be sure to check out previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, NBA.com backslash Hangtime, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, Hoops fans. 